You are listening to You Can Quote Me Podcast with Zoe and Jay, where we discuss quotes, where we agree, sometimes disagree, and play devil's advocate, and all that in between. Stay tuned. By seeing London, I have seen as much of life as the world can show. Samuel Johnson. I don't know who he is. I'll say it again. By seeing London, I have seen as much of life as the world can show. I'm, I'm touched by that as a Londoner. I'm touched, actually. Aww. I'm like, blocko, blocko. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I like that. It just implies that London has got everything that you, a person can see. One more time. What has he seen? He's seen as much as... By seeing London, I have seen as much of life as the world can show. That's nice. That is so nice of someone to say about London. Um, Is it true? Do I feel like it's true? I feel like, depending on where you're coming from, Mm. maybe if you come from small town... Small town somewhere far off and... Maybe you haven't seen too much of anything else. And you come to London, it can be like, like, heck yeah, this is it. Mm. Like, you know, there are a lot of freedoms. There are a lot of different people that you can see. There's so much to do. One thing I like about London is that it makes me laugh. Like, it can be a Friday night and there could be like, I don't know, a famous rapper, famous... Screen, screen premiere there could be all this stuff going on and I could just be in my bed just like not even I could just miss a whole week of not doing anything and then just have next week there'll just be something else happening yeah for sure for sure for sure yeah it's almost like um, having FOMO is probably the worst thing mm. to be if you're <laughs> yeah. in London yeah it's probably the worst thing to be because yeah. you can't ever be everywhere um when I read this quote, I thought of another quote that I was actually going to write in one of my bags, and it was, um, what was it? I was like, um, one one who's bored of London is bored of life. Yeah. I'm, I'm always aware of people when they say they're bored, because I just feel like there's so much going on yeah. in this city that, I don't know. And also, I, um, it's going to sound a bit rude, but I also feel like there's probably a lack of cre- of imagination if you say you're bored and I know obviously we've come out of lockdown and touch wood it doesn't happen again but um even within lockdown you know many things have come online now yeah, yeah th- for me I was I wasn't bored I maybe was a bit suffocated in the environment I was in yeah. but in terms of going online and doing stuff I was never I was never if anything I was spot for choice yeah, I mean, yeah. London, a break. Sorry, lockdown for a lot of people was a <laughs> breakdown. Lockdown <laughs> for a lot of people was a was a different world. But mm. um, I guess for me, somebody like me, I am introspective already, so I don't. I'm not someone who who's really massively needs to be around a lot of people all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, lockdown was like, I'd be like, ah. <laughs> Sometimes um, it did wear it wore on me. It wore on a lot of people. It's not about lockdown. It's about London. And I will just say that London sometimes has this one small pet peeve I have about London is that man, it's expensive. 
there's like there are places to go but sometimes to get there is more expensive than the place that you want to be sometimes once you are there it's almost like there are loads of places to go but almost everywhere is after your peace yeah i can agree with you to an point but i will say there are still cheap places to eat there are still cheap places to go it's just they're be they're now becoming few and far between yeah. but yeah no i completely agree with you on the whole london is expensive like whoa <laughs> but it's a dope city so it deserves to be what it what it and um, what it is yeah but not i mean i understand like the thing is a city is expensive because things are you know some people are, some people the cost of stuff um sometimes the cost of something is absolutely ridiculous like avocado on toast right yeah in one place like near where i live in one place it's 12.50 in another place Sorry, it's 12 pounds 50 12 pound 50 one piece of sourdough toast with avocado a bit of lemon right salt and pepper 12.50 okay. right nice garnish nice. on the side nice edible flowers maybe that you can get in Marks and spencer's for one pound 50. um another place same thing not edible flowers but okay five pounds yeah that makes sense i dislike when i can see them the markup that the literal profit margin one thing that kind of bothers me sometimes is when i can see the markup of somebody's so i know how much avocado costs right i know how much sourdough bread costs when i see 12 pound 50 i'm like now i can also see your profit margin yeah but then also rates of now this is now this is why i can understand it a little bit more because i think it depends on where it is so i know that the five pound one i maybe i should have given more detail they've probably owned that shop for quite a long while where the other one is in um brixton village quote brixton market right where i know those rates are massively high to the point that people are actually being priced out of there right so they probably have to balance it but yeah that's I still think it's extortionate, um, and do I think maybe if the if the rents weren't that high, they would still place it at twelve fifty? I think yeah, because they haven't gone out of business. Right. So, yeah, yeah, still a bit of a teeth. That, that introduces a different aspect to it. So I always like to. Fun fact about Jay is that he will <laughs> actually go and buy avocado and sourdough toast and make it himself. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I will do. I will just. Do it like that if I feel like something's too uh, expensive. What, what, what were we talking about, Zoe? We were talking about London <laughs> and the quote, the quote we, about London. So it was about London, but you said the one thing I hate about London or dislike about London is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just you've just gone into that thing. Okay. Cool. cool. <laughs> My bad. All right. Cool. All right. So and the next move. one is this is by our favorite uh, friend Albert Albert Einstein. So he said, Who? Albert Einstein. I'm joking. <laughs> he said, What counts can't always be counted. What can be counted doesn't always count. You and these things, dude. That hurts my head. I'm not even feeling well. I'm only joking. What counts can't always be counted. Again, what counts can't always be counted. What can be counted doesn't always count. Well, yeah, for sure. Because. Mm. It's basically saying, you know, we know when people say this is important. Yeah. Someone's put that opinion and then made it a fact because because the majority of whoever believes in it. Right. Yeah. 
What about um, what about how we treat stuff like likes? So something gets like a thousand likes, or somebody posts like a picture of a of an egg on Instagram, and it's like the one of the most liked things in the world. So that can be counted, but does it matter? Does it count? Does it is it important? Like what? what oh, when you mean counted in that manner, are you talking about the amount of likes? Yeah, you talking? in terms okay. of something that gets a ton of likes. How nowadays, how we measure things in terms of their value sometimes is about the amount of numbers it receives when in fact maybe the things that really matter don't receive that the same amount of Mm. yeah i mean that's yeah that's for sure especially with the social media world um i think it just boils back to like oh it boils the egg boils sorry no pun intended what do your stomach just rumble No, no you said that it boils yeah and i was just talking about an egg on instagram I didn't even clock it. Right. Uh, So it goes back to it. I'm going to go my boils. It boils down to um, subjectiveness again, if that's even a word. Like what we value is what we think is important. So um, that is probably why it is. So when when you said to me, is that important? My answer will be for me mm-hmm. on a personal level. So I will say, no, it doesn't count if mm-hmm. you've got 1.5 million views. Mm-hmm. But then my friend sent me a picture a couple of days ago of a little girl doing, I think it's like this is breakfast song or something, mm-hmm. and it's gone viral. Now, with respect to her, she's, she's a really little pretty girl and she's doing that, and it's cute, but mm-hmm. it's a trend. Right. But in a year's time, she probably doesn't remember that much. No mm-hmm. one else is, so it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah, I think likes are superficial. So in my head, I don't think it counts. But also at the same time, it does give you an indicator. Like I have a whole business. I have an Instagram page for my business. If I put out a product and I get likes on that product, I assume that people, it's an indicator. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I think it's maybe for me, or it, it depends on what is the outcome of that like. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear. I mean, I, but I wasn't talking about Instagram. <laughs> he was... He was like definitely pointing at. I think he was pointing at something deeper. For sure. At something like, something maybe in your heart, like that can't be counted. You can't count values. Yeah, you can't count the feeling that you have for the sunrise or the dawn or something like that. You know, you can't count that. You can't measure it. Mm. But you can measure if you're a politician. You can measure. I feel like politicians like to use big numbers Mm. to define their importance. Mm -hmm. So you can look at like a building a railway line and they'll say, well, yeah, this is going to be 2.3 billion pounds. And then that seems to be more important. Yeah. And that, you know, just differences. Yeah. And then what, it's almost like, you know, political parties, they're, um, I was going to say propaganda, but I'll say manifestos. Right. (laughs) Their manifestos are what they have, as a party, have decided is what counts. Yes. To run this society. Yes. And we then vote for them because we're then saying, yes, that counts. You know? Right. Yeah. Hmm. It's subjective. Yeah. Oh, he's looking at me like it's my turn. I am. Yeah. Sorry. He who knows nothing. He he who knows everything, knows nothing at all. 
I sincerely apologise, I do not remember who said this. But again, he who knows every sorry, he who knows everything knows nothing at all. Again, he who knows everything knows nothing at all. Yeah, wow. Okay. That's nice. Um that is nice. Uh I feel like I feel like it's one of those ones that about wisdom and having the wisdom to know that you don't really know as much as you think you know. Um, that humility to be able to think to yourself um, it brings up a lot of other quotes for me okay you want to use one of them I'm going to say um, he who has all the answers hasn't been asked the right questions okay yeah so that makes me think of that it also makes me feel like um Wisdom is knowing how little you know. Yeah, for sure. If you think you know everything, then you stop listening, correct? Because yeah, it's like, and then how, then that's it. Yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah. Um, I remember being in acting class and this gentleman, um, he had done many other things than all of us had done and he spilled off all the things that he'd done and everything like that to the point where um, he even undermined the teacher. Right. And it was such a shame because he left after that lesson because he was like, "Ugh, this is so not for me. Right. Um, and I was like, it's because you, not necessarily, you you came in not open. Yeah. And I, in essence, I kind of felt like he just wanted to let everyone know that I am the bee's knees and like I, I know this and I've done that. Yeah. You know, because, well, when we did when we did the introductions of what we did and stuff like that, his lasted five minutes. All of ours lasted like a minute and a half. And it, and come to find out later on that a lot of us have done other stuff, but we were humble enough to know that it wasn't really about that. It was yeah, just to get to know each other. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, and I felt like he missed out on such a dope course. Right, it's that like mindset, right? Mm, how for you sure. approach something and how you what you hope to get out of something as well. So yeah, definitely this guy that you're describing definitely had like a um, fixed mindset so he wasn't prepared to learn anything he wasn't mm. prepared to grow wasn't mm-hmm. prepared to be challenged and definitely wasn't open at all which is sad very like said. so it's sad that he, so the quote was he who knows he who knows everything yeah. knows nothing at all yeah it's fascinating mm, fascinating. for sure cool yeah <laughs> any more let's go let's go for another quote um If you have problems, you have then you have art. Your plight and your problems are actually the source of your artistic creation. First and foremost, when you started with if you have problems, yeah. my head went, if you have problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've got 99 problems and my mm isn't one. Right. But that's not what you said. Could you repeat? <laughs> if you have problems, then you have art. Your plight and your problems are actually the source of your artistic creation. Okay, I would need to see that. There's a bit more, but I've cut it down. (laughs) I've cut it down, I've edited it. So, um... If you have problems, then you have art. Okay, because a lot of art is made out of suffering, and because through suffering it passes, but you learn a lot about yourself, the environment that you're working in. That makes sense. Um, and then also with art, I think the main 
purpose of anybody's art is to connect with other things and other people. Um, your plight and your problems are actually the source of your artistic creation. Oh, well, I just said that without saying it. Yeah, no, yeah, you're completely right, yeah. Is this you? This is Zhu Bing. Who? Zhu Bing, an artist. Zhu Bing, okay. Um, yeah, Chinese artist who does sculpture, I believe. Nice. And um, I just like, yeah, it just makes me, this is also gives me a different mind about mindset as well. Okay. How um, I could be so involved in um, my situation. Oh, there's not enough, I don't know, coffee shops in my street or there's too much violence on my street or there's um, too much graffiti on my street or there's not enough. I don't know. I could just be in that, in that mindset of, denigrating putting down my environment mm. but without realizing that that environment if i had the right mindset of right attitude could actually be the source of my greatest creation mm. and um mm. i'm not saying that um your your street has to be violent to be in order for you to be an artist like, <laughs> i'm just saying that um somebody's situation whatever it is is always going to have its positives and negatives but it's about how you use those negatives and how yeah. you turn them into... I I have to remind myself this all the time. Like, you know, because I do sometimes put down my small town and um, without realising that it's probably a, a pretty good launch pad for me. Your what, sorry? My small town is a good launch pad. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean your small town? Like where you live? Where I live at. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to stop teasing you back then. I feel bad. <laughs> You live in London, so it can never be that bad. True, I'm joking, true. peeps. Um, there's something I was going to say about what you just said to me. Um, mindset. Ah. Mindset. Yeah, mindset. I've actually got a funny tip. So if, you, if, <coughs> if you've if you ever forgotten something, okay, make a fist with your hand. Yep, doing it. And hold it. And then sometimes it might come back to you. That's a method, a secret method. Yes. Oh my God, it did. Wow. So in acting, um, we talk about conflict. Yeah. In a story, in a scene, there needs to be some type of conflict. It doesn't mean fighting, but there needs to be a positive or a negative. Um, it creates drama, but it also creates to help a resolve or um, a way in yeah. or a way through. Yeah. I think that to me can transfer to that can transfer that can be transferred to any type of art. To be honest. Yeah. I like that. It, to, to me, that in my head, that's the most interesting type of art, whether it be, a, whether it be a play or a sculpture. Yeah. Nice. So there's some sort of tension almost to, and then that gets released, tension and release. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, actors. So I was thinking about actors today. I heard somebody say, actors are literally. Um, they are actors, so they're acting on behalf of. So if I'm in the audience. The actor is doing something on behalf of me. It's almost living out some side of me, some situation, and actually giving me what it would look like, what it would feel like to be that person, so I don't have to actually do it. Do you feel about that? If you connect with it, I would definitely agree. If you connect with that scene and that, uh, sorry, that that character yeah. that the actor's playing, yeah, then for sure, completely. But then that is the beauty of um, stories mm -hmm. and our imaginations we can go anywhere yeah yeah and sometimes we don't know that we're going to someone else's place yeah when we're writing yeah cool it brilliant 
like it. That was two each. I feel like it is, yeah. Is it my turn then? It is your turn. Okay, cool. So... I don't remember if I did this one. Um, so because I don't remember, I'm going to leave it and then I'll do this one. The definition, um, so this is an original one. Um, the definition of procrastination is letting fear rule you. Again, the definition of procrastination is letting fear rule you. Did I say that? Before? You've not said it on okay. the show. So this is a good quote. I like it. Um, definition of procrastination letting fear rule you yeah i mean to me it, it, i procrastinate i think everyone does it mm -hmm. um but to a, what extent i do it at definitely varies so there are some things that i've been putting off for weeks some things that i've been putting off for years and there's some things that i will probably never do but i keep telling myself that i'll get to and i feel like i should be honest more honest about how those things so um procrastinate Am I scared? When you what, like when you procrastinate, yeah. do you think is it a conscious no, it does fear it does fear enter it in any way, shape or form? I think it can do. I feel like you know, what you're what the quote is pointing into is like we spoke about fear of success, fear of failure yeah. earlier. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the previous episode. Yeah. And um I do feel like Yeah, by procrastinating I am allowing the fear to have more power than it needs to have but okay. the fear of both success and failure yeah okay mm. I ironically was going to put this on a bag and I disagreed with it yeah yeah and the reason why I disagreed with it is because I don't think the definition of the definition of procrastination obviously it's not the true definition but mm -hmm. I don't I don't think fear is the only entity um I think there are many more other entities that come into it um, that play a that that play a part in it, um, like upbringings, um, our mindsets, the way yeah. we think, yeah. um, external external influences, um, not hurdles, and not all hurdles are supposed to be jumped over. Right. So, yeah, I don't think it's only that. Do you feel like procrastination is getting a bad rep in today's kind of, like, productivity-mad, centred world? No, I don't think it is. I feel, I feel like... I don't think it's getting a bad rep at all. Um, but I think, I think for, for people to think it's one thing, like, for example, oh, if you procrastinate, you're lazy. Right. No. Um, even with being lazy, I think there's a difference between being lazy, a very... And also... The, the difference between being lazy and needing to rest, and I know that might sound like, well, they're really different, but I sometimes think the actual, um, how it shows up can be very similar. So people can't actually see the difference between wanting to rest yeah. and wanting to, um, and being lazy. And especially in this society where everyone's just on the go constantly, whether it be mentally and physically, yeah. or just mentally, um, yeah that was actually another side of covid for me that was a relief um i personally had felt for a long time that the world was going like way fast way faster than anything i could ever keep up with mm -hmm. then when covid happened and lockdown happened i was like this is 
like things are still getting done mm. nothing's broken um but the pace slowed mm. a lot and i was like i think maybe a lot of people also realized that maybe the way that things were before were not as they needed to be they didn't have to be that way yeah. it was like it was just like go everything was go um obviously it's a sad way for that realization to happen but um for me uh yeah that was one side of covid that sort of changed my perception and then it's almost like the world stopped and then the world adapted to it yeah and then the world adapted to a slower pace yeah and as humans we do that i think it's just really important to know that like in my head or in my opinion sorry i don't think anything is as black and white as things made are made out to be Mm. Yeah. yeah anyway yeah next quote okay last quote yep anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor you and these mind twisters blood sorry jay <laughs> anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely it ex- no, let's start again. Anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive. Why can't I speak? You do it. No, no, Zoe. You're a grown woman who can talk English and speak English and read English. Let's go. Anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. I guess we just take the last line and just say how it's expensive to be poor. What do you think? Because in a world that is really expensive. Um, so for people who don't necessarily have to think about money or have, or at least have a steady income coming in and they're living okay, they're not having to think about the next meal. Like, I think like we've had this conversation before, like neither of us have had to ever think, oh my God, when's our next meal coming? And that's, and we're truly grateful for that. Um, based upon what's happened before, like our families and stuff. And, um, but if you had to yeah. think when is my next meal coming or if you had children like when's how am i going to feed my child it is expensive also the word expensive in an abstract way can be like really hard <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, yeah yeah so it can be hard so it is hard to be poor <laughs> i feel like yeah just even off a mathematical standpoint if you've got 10 pounds in your bank and you spend and you have to spend two pounds mm. that's like 20 percent of your all your money yeah for sure for sure but obviously if you've got a hundred thousand or whatever then yeah. you spend two pounds and it's like well what's that yeah for sure it's kind of like i have this um chai latte in front of me and i think i paid like three pound fifty for it I, didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did i did i did i paid three pound fifty for it um I, I didn't think twice no i should, probably should have actually but yeah no i, I see what you're saying yeah Mm. It can be expensive to be poor. I feel like um, James Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the quote? Do I like James Baldwin? Do you like the quote? The quote you just did? Yeah. It's from him? Yeah, it's from James Baldwin. I, yeah, then I love it even more. Okay. <laughs> James Baldwin, like the biggie quote, uh, gets extra, instant approval. Instant. I mean, there's not many people in this world who I agree with constantly. Obviously, I didn't know him, but what I've heard and seen and quotes of him. Yeah, I... I feel like me and him would be like brethren, like, well. Yeah? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Nice. You? 
James Baldwin. I, I, I like his work, you know? <laughs> I do. I like his work a lot. I feel like he was writing from a place of, like, pure authenticity in a time when that probably wasn't appreciated. You know, how can you be as raw and as truthful as as that um, in in that time, in that era? And I feel like he had so much courage, mm. so much potential to spark and inspire um, the world. And he did it. He yeah. actually did it. He actually, I feel like maybe he didn't feel like he did it himself, but he, I feel like he fulfilled his purpose and his mission of what he had. Yeah. To a, to a degree, I think if he had his way, he would probably um, definitely have crushed white supremacy. Mm. Um, you know, definitely know it needs death blow. Mm. But I feel like in terms of 